Hey there, Andy Jenkins back with the Overflow Podcast and talking about really some of the content from what is absolutely one of my favorite events of all year, which is the Men's Advance. Now, I've told you that if this is helpful information for you, and it it will be, I promise you, if you're coming to the event, if you've already got your ticket or if you're still angling to get there, uh, or goodness, like I'm actually recording this before the Nashville event, which is Advanced 8.0, and it could be that you didn't attend that event, and you're listening to this actually after the event, and you're wishing you would have past tense, you're wishing you would have gone as we're preparing for Advanced 9.0. And so uh, if that's you, uh, you know, I guess the short version is, I'm talking in all kinds of circles here. If you're going to the event, this is going to be helpful. If you've missed the event, this will still be helpful for you and and will be out there. Uh, Or if you've been there, and you need a rewind, like this is going to be ultra helpful for you because you have a categorization. You have some kind of mental framework whereby you know how to really uh, access and leverage and get the most from this information. So at the advance, uh, and maybe just one more rabbit trail before I get into the content, go to www.the ladder.info www.theladder.info I'm going to put that link in the show notes right here and you can access one of the PDF documents that we use at the advance absolutely free and it's just kind of the we use a full blown workshop uh, workbook there, um, but there's this little seven, eight page version of that that you can get that has some of the best material, some of the greatest insights, some of the most accessible, leverageable tools. They're all right there. And if you've just been tracking along with what I've said kind of uh, maybe two, three episodes ago when I started off with the intro and then the what and then the how, this one is the why. You know that I'm really talking you just now up a ladder. And that ladder is, it's really where the name of the website comes from, the ladder.info. But that ladder is one of the central visual tools we use in this entire event. Now, in the event, we use a bridge. I talked about that in episode, well, really the first episode where I was talking about the what. Uh, We use a bridge. We use some dominoes. We use that in number two, which is the how. Um, I didn't really do that on the air. It doesn't really work on the air. It's kind of like, uh, goodness, I remember when I was growing up, I was in fourth or fifth grade and the Olympics came on. And it dawned me in that point, I was like, gosh, you really can't you really can't get anything out of the Olympic sport of ice skating when you're trying to listen on the radio. Now, as a kid, I'd listen to some of the races. I'd listen to uh, certain sports, uh, but you can't really leverage anything from uh, the visual sport like, like ice skating or from listening to fireworks on the radio. That's, that's another one. And listening and listening to that content that we deliver, you can get a little bit out of the bridge. You can totally make the ladder work, though it's totally better when you see somebody actually climbing the ladder and uh, teaching from atop the ladder is really better. But you really can't get anything from the dominoes. So when I taught lesson number two, which is the how, didn't really do any dominoes on air. Um, But this one, lesson number three, I'm going to need you to visualize a ladder. So right now, I need you to visualize 
a ladder, a five-step ladder. Uh, it can be a ladder that leans up against the wall with five rungs on it. It can be a ladder that's kind of one of those self-standing ladders with just five steps. It can be a ladder that's like, I've got this ladder that's called the little giant that folds out. And I think when it's all done, it's kind of got five up one way, five down the other way. It can be whatever kind of ladder you want, but in your head, visualize it right now. I need you to get the image of just a ladder. And here's what I want you to do in your head. I want you to label rung number one, step number one as what? You are going to get higher and farther if you know what you're wanting to do than it is if you're just standing on the ground floor, twiddling your thumbs, wondering what's next. Okay? Now, we defined our what, we defined our dream uh, two episodes ago. Uh, For some of you, it might have been losing weight. It might have been a business goal. It might have been a family goal. It might have been a relational thing. And, And honestly, you probably have a what. You probably have a goal in several different areas. Like right now, I've got something related to health. I've got something related to marriage, family. I've got something related to our finances. I've got one that's related to business that kind of fits in with our finances. Uh, I've got one related to just some things that I'm writing and producing and wanting to get out there and some uh, consistency that I'm wanting to do getting online and, and some teaching and training that I'm wanting to do and all that fits together. You probably have a several... Uh, you probably have a, several areas where you have a what. Now, again, you're going to get higher. You're going to get closer to your dream. And, and let's just say your dream's at the top of that ladder. You're going to get closer to that if you know what you're doing. In fact, that's the starting point. You've got to, as we decided in the first episode of this ladder series, uh, well, really the second because I did the intro, you're really going to get farther if you know where you are now and where you want to go than if you don't know either thing. So that first rung is the what. Now, the second rung is this. The second rung is how. Okay, number one is what, number two is how. You're gonna get closer to your dream if you know how to do whatever it is that you're trying to do. You're gonna get closer if you know how to how to get in shape. You're gonna get closer if you know how to successfully run a home-based business. You're gonna get closer if you know how to, if your dream's to write it, how to write a book. You're gonna get closer to it if your dream is to, you know, shoot photographs and open up a camera business or something. You're gonna get closer to that dream if you know how to, if you get those skill sets, and not only get the skill sets, but if you know how to prioritize and how to shovel everything else of the way and let the good stuff, the great stuff that you need to do every single day to move that dream into reality, if you know how to prioritize and leverage that. So rung number one is the what, rung number two is the how. Now let me give you some great language for this. Uh, A couple years ago, uh, it was a really big move in business where a lot of organizations came out with this thing. Goodness, this has probably been 20 years now. They came out and there was a big move when I was in college with what is our mission statement. It was huge. Like Everybody wanted to decide what it is that we're all about. Now, the mission statement really for those companies, it really defined, it was a concise sentence most of the time though some of them got so flowery that you could never really repeat it. They went on and on and on. But the best ones were very, very concise. The best mission statements defined what that company does in simple, everyday language, where you could just look at it and you could say, aha, that's what, that's that first rung on the ladder, that's what they do. 
Uh, so, you know, like some of them have uh, Nordstrom. This one's a great one. We actually use this at the advanced example. Um, Nordstrom's is to give customers the most compelling shopping experience possible. One walk into Nordstrom, and you know that's true. Like, man, they just want to overwhelm you with how great the experience of actually spending and giving them your money can totally be. Um, there's a company my wife works with, Young Living Essential Oils. We're members in that company. Their goal is to, here's the mission, is to take essential oils into every single home in the world. Now, consequently, over the last couple of years, you see them with the Young Living Foundation doing some amazing things, taking uh, essential oils to places where people can't even afford them. They're going to Africa. They're going uh, in different places in South America, taking those because that's their mission. That's the what? That's the first rung on the ladder. That's what they're seeking to do. Uh, Starbucks, okay? This is one of my favorite places. Their what is to inspire and nurture the human spirit, one person one cup, one neighborhood at a time. That's it. That's what defines what they do. Now, when you listed your dreams, when you define what it is that you're wanting to do in whatever area of life it is, you should be able to see it as a mission statement of sorts. And I would say this, if you don't see it as important enough to be a mission, if you can't label it in terms with that gravitas, then really, you need to go back to the drawing board, and you need to say, "Hey, if I'm if I'm nervous about putting that kind of language on it, is this dream really important to me? Is this really one of my dreams?" And if you can't, then it's probably honestly not. You know, that's kind of like that's another check. Like in the previous episode, I said this: if you won't schedule the time to do the activities necessary to move that dream forward. If you won't put it on your calendar every single day, if you won't leverage the resources that you have in terms of time, energy, and focus, it's really not a dream. And I would say this, if you won't label it as a mission, if you won't put that kind of bold statement on it, not that you got to hang a poster outside and tell everybody, not that this needs to be on your Facebook or Twitter profile or your Instagram page, not that this needs to be the thing that you lead conversations with, but if you're not comfortable with that strong of language, you really need to evaluate and think, hey, is it really is it really not that important to me? And I would say, if it is that important to you, if it is something that you're going, no, this is it, this is who I am, and this is what I want to do, then you, you really need to guard it, you need to prioritize it, and you need to absolutely, whatever it takes, move towards it. All right, now, that said, let's assume that's your dream. Um, there's another tip we can take from business. Some businesses, uh, I noticed that they went a step farther than the mission statement. The mission statement really defined in simple language what they do. They then defined a vision statement that really outlines and explains how they do it. Okay, so they're kind of going up the rungs of the ladder. What we do, and at the advance, we just kind of symbolize that with a light bulb. And then the vision statement is how we do it. Okay, and this one really moves the mission from being an idea into action. You're moving from an idea into actually implementing that idea. Okay, or you're moving, we say it another way at the advance, you're moving it from your head to your hands. You're starting to get into the nitty gritty. You're starting to get um, dirty. Okay, you're starting to actually uh, put some uh, put some feet to the pavement. 
You're starting to hit the ground. You're, you're starting to actually act on it. It's moving out of the head. It's moving through the hands. Now, this is, let me just kind of pause right here. Uh, this is one area where you can really start using your personality. This is where, well, let me just illustrate it like this. I know that Nordstrom and Amazon.com actually have very, very similar mission statements. The what that they do is really to deliver the best, best man, tongue-tied, and I'm not even going to restart the mic right there, the best possible customer shopping experience. That's what both of them do. Now, I've said it a little bit differently than how they say it, but that's what they do, is to deliver the most compelling shopping experience possible. But how they do it, Okay, so the mission is the same, but the vision of how they implement that, the head idea is the same, but the implementation with the hands, that's a little bit different. Okay, Now, you know, Nordstrom, they do some things online, but primarily the how that they deliver that shopping experience, that they deliver you the aha, oh, wow moment of spending your money is they do that through big box retailers. Amazon goes just the opposite. Now, they do have some stores out there. They've got some bookstores, and they just bought Whole Foods, and we'll see how that goes. But primarily, I've got one right here. I'm tapping it right on cue with my train in the background. This is a box that came in the mail today from FedEx. So I've gotten some of these from UPS. I've gotten some of these from USPS. And here's one from FedEx that is from Amazon. And they don't deliver it through a big box retailer. They deliver it through little boxes of things that you just get online. And in this one, this has got all kinds of goodies and things. Ah, this has got dominoes here that I've actually bought for the men's advance for lesson number two for the how. I'm going to pass some of those out at the event. Okay. Now, this is primarily like, uh, think about it in church world. In church world, the what should be the same. The what is to, it's in Matthew 28, go and make disciples. Go lead people to Jesus. Go love people. Take the message. Of, Mark 16 actually adds healing to that message, okay? So go deliver the heart of the Father to the world. But the how, the implementation strategy is very different. So some churches choose to do that through hymns and through robes and through having a bell on top of a steeple that chimes the hour. Some churches choose to do this through big shopping mall type buildings. Some churches more and more, the trend seems to be going into like storefronts and towards coffee house type things and meeting in homes. And and so I, I think you're seeing this trend of churches getting really, really big. And you're gonna see this trend of lots of churches going really small and going into these niche markets. The what is still the same. The how, the implementation is very different. They're moving from the head to the hands. They're implementing something in a radically different way. Now, that said, I would remind you still that we had this idea of the success recipe, right? You remember that from the previous episode where you do certain things that are time-tested and proven to work. You do them for the specific amount of time at least uh, meaning, you know, you're really probably not going to short circuit or shortcut much of anything. So it takes, you know, 350 degrees for 20 minutes to bake a cake. 
So if you bake it, you know, at lower temperature, it you don't get the result. If you bake it for a shorter amount of time, for five minutes, you just have a bunch of dough. Um, if you if you do it too long, now get that. If you do it for 40 minutes, man, there's this law of diminishing returns where you actually start eroding at the dream, okay? And you start losing the life and the joy of it. So there, there is this recipe of how things work and this implementation of, of how it doesn't really, uh, don't take it as permission to just kind of run and do it your own way. Take it as permission to insert your unique skill set your unique personality, your unique flavor, your unique seasoning uh, to the entire mix here, okay? So we've got rung number one on that ladder that you visualize in your head is the what. That is our mission statement. That's the idea. That's in our head. Rung number two is the how. That's our vision statement. That's where we're moving from the head into the hands. We're moving from the idea to the implementation of the idea, This lesson, primarily, we're focusing on rung number three. Rung number three is the, okay, get this one. It is the why. It is the why. And rather than focusing, rather than focusing on the head, uh, rather than focusing on the hands, the why actually focuses and gets right down to the, now get this one, to the heart. So we've moved from the head, the ideal. We've moved from the hands, the implementation. We move to the heart, and that's the third ring on the ladder where we really get to the driving value for you, which is the inspiration. That's what's going to keep you going. That's what's going to keep you moving forward. I've noticed that a lot of businesses lately are actually doing value statements. Uh, Disney has a value statement. Uh, Chick-fil-A, love them or hate them, they're an incredible organization that is noted to stand by not just what they do, which is chicken sandwiches, not just how they do it in a fast food environment with, with excellence and with quickness and speed and with honor and grace and humility, but the why, the reason they do it. And, and they link it all to glorifying God. Now, disagree or agree, uh, with that, uh, the, the the truth is, if it's their business, they get to decide. Like they get to decide what their value is. They get to decide what drives them, and you can choose to support that or not. You, on the other hand, you get to decide your value, and other people can choose to support that or not. But you get to choose. You go deep inside of you, and you find out what is that thing that really, 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 what is it that moves me forward? Because let's face it. In the previous lesson, in the previous episode, we talked about it, that that chasing a dream, pursuing a dream, whatever it is, whether it's exercise and losing weight, goodness, it's it's eating right, and it's getting up early, and, and it's doing hard work. If it's building a business, it's, yes, moments on the stage and moments in front of the crowd, but it's lots of long hours when nobody sees you, and it's a few yeses and lots of no's. If it's writing a book, it's this moment when you go to press, and then you you get to show everybody, oh, it's my book, but it's lots of hours. It's lots of hours alone, sitting, and, and yeah, you love it, but it's lots of hours of Oh goodness! I've I've got to I've got to edit this thing again. In, in fact, I'm I'm in the middle of that with the project right now, where I'm going back through some things I've written before, and I'm like, oh, I just you know, I love it, and simultaneously, I'm oh, I'm ready for it to be done. Yeah. So it's that why, it's that why that keeps you 
going. It's that why that keeps you pursuing and keeps you moving forward. Now, that why, let me talk about that a little bit because I I really think that you may have a why, first of all, different for every single dream that you have. It it might be the same, but let me tell you this. It it could be different for every single dream. And you could have multiple whys. You, You could have multiple whys for the same dream, and those whys may actually change over time. So, for instance, I'll give you a great one. My, my wife, she started a home-based business. Uh, goodness, it's been about four years ago now. And initially, she started it and was doing that business from home, really from a laptop computer and from a cell phone, just kind of doing it when she sat on the edge of the bed while the kids were napping or right before she went to bed every night. She was doing that because she wanted to make enough money to earn some of her health and nutrition products for free. That was what drove it. That's why she would put in the time, even when she was tired. That's why even in the evening when she wanted to go to bed or when she wanted to stay up and watch a movie or just read a book, that's why that was the driving reason. That's why she would swim underwater, to use the term that I talked about in the previous episode. Now, as she became more successful in that and as that business grew and she kind of saw and goes, huh, hey, wow, now, I've actually gotten pretty good at this. I, I could do more. The, the why changed. And the why became, let's do this so that I can provide for and pay for some of the extras of the things that I would like to see happening with our family. So she began earning money in order to do things like um, buying some great presents for the kids and for the family at Christmas. She did that in order to take some trips. She did that in order to help the kids have braces, uh, two of our children, and then a third actually needed some orthodontic work. And so she was able to pay for those things. That became the why. Now, after she surpassed that, she continued growing. And and then the why changed again. She thought, you know what? Wow, I might actually be able to make enough to bring my husband home from working outside of the house to where he could come in and we could do this thing together. We could actually work. We could work from home together and have control and have time freedom of all of our schedule, not be tied to some job outside of the home, but we could both still work for sure, but both be working from the house. Okay, you see in that instance the why it changed. It was fluid. It moved. So what, what I'm saying is your reason, you, you need to know what the reason for pursuing the dream is because Again, you're going to get higher off the ground if you know what the first rung is, the what. You're going to get higher than that if you know how to do the what. And you're going to get even higher closer to your dream if you know why, if you know the drive, if you know the reason for that. And again, that reason in time, that reason can absolutely, totally change. Okay, here's another thing that I want to say about that why. That why... Uh, let's say it like this. It connects with the deepest part of who you are. It connects internally in such a way that, let me say it like this, it actually defies words sometimes. Uh, And it defies words because the why connects, let me just give you the term, it, it actually connects with the limbic system. Now, your brain, let me just be really radically simplistic here. Um, I'm not a neuroscientist. I'm not a brain surgeon at all. I, man, I'm not a doctor. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I took a couple semesters of biology. 
enough in other words to to be slightly dangerous all right so here's here's what i know about the limbic system your brain you got an outer brain and you got an inner brain being again very simplistic the outer brain is rich in logic it's rich in words it's rich in complex ideas and in putting things together and if this happens then that happens it's very orderly it's very tidy the inner brain tied to the limbic system well, it's not that way at all. It deals a lot with emotion. It deals with mood. It deals with sensing and with feeling. Uh, that limbic brain is really the strong seat of emotion and memory. Now, again, I said it's it's not anti-logic. It's not anti-words. It's just that it's it's more than words and more than logic. And it has no capacity to communicate in words. Now, it totally takes in words. In fact, uh, the limbic system is responsible for responding to smell and responding to music and sound. Um, The limbic system is why you can. It's the reason why you can hear a song that you heard on the radio 25 years ago that was a memory for you, good memory or bad memory. And instantly, when hearing that song again now, playing on the car radio, it transports you back to that time and place. It's the reason why you can just smell something. And instantly, if you smell a certain uh, a certain pie or a certain cookie or, or fall leaves, fall leaves, I smell those and instantly, I'm reminded of the fall growing up where I lived right down the street from my school and the marching band was always playing. It was a great time for me when I was growing up there. And it just kind of, because we had so many trees right around our house, you know, our house was surrounded by trees on three sides uh, on the dead end of the street. It just kind of takes me back there. Now, your limbic system does that. And again, it's not anti-logic. It's just more than. And it is always scanning the world around you, looking for scanning the environment to really make sure you're safe, to really kind of interpret what's going on and help you make sense of everything that's happening. Now, all that said, your why exists there in the limbic system. And that limbic system, furthermore, is also responsible not just for smell, not just for sound, and not just for memory, but but some scientists are actually saying this, that that limbic system is the seat of, now get this, of revelation and insight. And so when, when you come to the scripture, for instance, and when Proverbs 29, 18 says something like this, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no, that word vision, its, it's link is not to a what in the Hebrew language. It's, it's not where there's no big idea. Uh, yeah, I know sometimes churches use that and they say, oh, well, here's our, where there's no vision, the people per- perish. And they have a vision of, of a building campaign or a building program. Okay, that's all fine and good. But the idea that Solomon is saying there in Proverbs 29, 18 is not where there's no big idea, people perish. It's, it's where there's no prophetic insight, where there's no revelation, where there's no voice of a speaking God that's being heard and interpreted and then acted on, that's where people tend to shrivel up. Okay, And the seat of that is the limbic system. Uh, like, for instance, Jesus says in John 10, my sheep know me and they hear my voice. Now, now there's certainly been times where you probably sense that you've heard the voice of God. 
Maybe not audibly. Most of us haven't. I, I haven't. I know people who've said they, they have, and I, I don't disagree that they could not. Uh, perhaps there are people that you know that have. Most of us hear it like in this still, small, it's almost like a whisper. Like you might remember a few episodes ago, I was talking about Moses in, in the episode, I believe it was number 16, Come In Closer, and how God spoke to him. And it was this quiet, calm, just whisper. That's how the limbic system works. I've noticed there are times that I'll be in a church service or I'll be, I'll even be in my attic here where I am right now and I'll have music on in the background and I will sense this encounter with the Holy Spirit and I'll sense like the Lord is saying something to me or leading me to do something or this happens sometimes when I'm writing. I'll be studying and all of a sudden it's just like, aha. This, you know, light bulb moment where all of a sudden my spirit is awake and alive and you just internally have something that's so rich and so deep that it defies words. And in fact, if you try to put it in words, it's it's like you seem to start stumbling over yourself or you try to even explain it to somebody and it comes out and it kind of falls flat. It drops short because it's so precious and it's so rich and it's so deep. It's such an intricately interwoven thing that that you and I would both agree. It's not that it's anti-logic. It's just more than logic. And it's not anti-words. It's just more than words. It's the same thing like why certain smells and certain sounds move you. It makes no, on the surface, logical sense, yet it's not that they're anti-logical. It's just that they're more than. Now, like Amos 3, 7 says this, Surely the Lord does nothing without revealing himself to his prophets first. We see like in Genesis chapter 18 when Sodom and Gomorrah are about to be destroyed, when God says, Um, Of of course, I'm not going to hide from Abraham what I'm about to do. Jesus said in John chapter 5, he says, I do what I see the Father doing. Like there's this sense where he could really see it, like he really knew. And it it wasn't logical, but it wasn't anti-logic. It was more than. And so here's what I'm saying is this idea of the wine. When you look at the ladder, the ladder goes up from the what? up to the how at the second rung, up to the rung, the third rung, which is the why. But but I don't want you to just think in terms of higher. I also want you to think in terms of deeper, like from the outer core of who you are, like out here on the periphery is kind of the what, and then just go one level deeper into who you are. And that's the how. All right, I've got some implementation. I've got a little bit more confidence. I feel a little bit more stable. And then you go even one layer deeper, and you've got the wine, like it is so interwoven with who you are. I mean, it's almost like it's inextricable from who you are because that wine goes higher and it goes deeper at the same time. And both, both of those are absolutely, totally important. Now, Like I said, you might have a different driving value. You might have a different why for every single one of your dreams, okay? Um, And and that why, like I told you with Christie's home-based business, that why may completely morph. It it may shift. It may change. It may may alter. 
you know, I, I'm sure at some point, like my mind will. When I was losing weight initially, I was losing weight um, because I was 50 pounds overweight, and I I just wanted to be able to sleep through the night, and not be so. I, I didn't want to um, not want to see myself in the mirror anymore. I didn't want to you know hide when I saw pictures. Like I, I wanted to kind of um, just come into gl- glimpse and come into grasp of and be healthy, and, and and I wanted to you know be able to to see myself. Okay, that why changed as I began losing weight. I was like, wow, this is actually more fun, and I I'd like to run some races and I would like to do some physical things. I would like to, to see it took on a new level. It took on a new life of itself. And here's the thing that I'm starting to learn about whys. If you don't know that why, if you don't know it, this is super important. Be sure you get this. If you, if you don't know the why, you may confuse it with the how. Okay? That, that is, here's what it means. It means that the application how you do something can start becoming your inspiration, your reason for existing. Okay? The way you perform a task can become really the reason you do the task. I'm going to illustrate it and it's going to make sense. And if you do that, when you start putting the implementation higher on the ladder than you should, when you start holding the implementation deeper inside of you than you should, then you know things are about to come unraveled uh, sooner or later. Let me give you some examples. Okay, so these are just real-world examples out there, and then we'll make it personal. Real-world example number one, railroad companies. Railroad companies were in the, here's why they existed, transportation. They existed, the reason, the why they existed was to move things from point A to point B. They confused the implementation of tracks. Tracks was a how, it wasn't a why. Now, the railroad companies were once the biggest companies in the U.S., and they had all of the technology and they had all the money, and you wonder now if they had seen the writing on the wall, if they would have been the first ones to break into the airline industry and would have started transporting things in that way. Because, again, why they exist was to transport things from A to B, not move things along tracks. You got it? Example number two, newspaper companies. Newspapers existed to deliver information to people in a timely manner. They did not exist. News companies did not exist to do it on black and white printed press. That may have been how they started. That may have been their delivery mechanism, but it was just an implementation strategy. It was just a how. Newspapers had all the subscribers. They had all of the clout. They had all of the journalists. They had all of the resources to be the ones that first went online and to be the ones that were late breaking news, delivering it to people in the instant. Yet now, uh, many newspapers have gone defunct. And you've got, sure, yeah, a bunch of big ones out there still, but goodness, it is a small, 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 small fraction. It is a decimal fraction of the number of companies that you had out there before. Why? Because they confused the why, which was delivering late-breaking news in a timely manner to people with the how. They got the inspiration confused with the application, with the implementation. Uh, Another example music labels, record companies, they delivered portable entertainment to people for years. And they made some shifts, okay? They they made the shift from records, and they made the shift from eight tracks, and they made the shift to cassettes, but record companies didn't seem to make that shift from physical products 
to digital products. What happened? They confused the implementation, which was a physical product, with the why, which was delivering entertainment to people in a portable manner. And so you had people like iTunes came out. And you had for a while, I don't even know if you remember Napster, okay, and what they did. Some of that was illegal, yeah, for sure. But there was this idea where the record companies, there, there's no reason right now, really, iTunes should exist. The record companies had all of the customers. The record companies had all of the recording equipment. The record companies had all of the technology to deliver all the sound. They were even recording things digitally first. They could have become the delivery mechanism for what you now have as iTunes and Google Play and everything else. What happened? They confused how they were doing things, uh, and they confused that and made that the why, when the why was really to deliver portable entertainment to people. Now, another final example is really the television networks did the exact same thing. For years, they were delivering in-home entertainment to people, but they confused that, and they thought the mechanism was that they had to deliver that over the airwaves, or they had to deliver that through a cable, you know, that kind of wound through our streets and through our neighborhoods at specific times. Well, when the internet came out, and when recording software and devices came out, that all of a sudden kind of said, hey, um, you can actually deliver this at any time that the customer wants it on demand. And it doesn't even have to be on a television. You know, it could actually go through a computer. It could go through a tablet. It could go through a, t- a telephone. Uh, all of these are possibilities. Well, the television networks were the ones that had the customer base. They had the technology. They were the leaders in that industry. But Netflix came in, and Amazon Prime came in, and, and there, of course, Apple, and some of these others came in. And, of course, yes, the television networks are still in play, but the proliferation of everyone else that were early adopters showed that television networks confused how they were doing things with the why. The why was to deliver in-home entertainment to people when they wanted it. The how was never to a cable or over an airwave to a television box only. And you see what happens there? In the same way, when you and I, when we don't really get in touch with that third rung, we don't go deep inside ourselves, and we don't figure out what really drives me, what keeps me going, okay? And it's not a task. Like it's deeper than that. It's it's not something you do with your hands. It's it's deeper than that. We don't really get to why. It's so easy to confuse that with the how. And when that happens, we know that we are about to start to lose relevance. Now I'm looking in the workbook here, and a few questions that I actually wrote down here in the book that you know we pass out at the event um, are are this. Um, think about this. What might you do differently as your children grow mature? If your why, okay, according to the Bible, is to train them in the way they should go, um, what might you do differently? Well, I treat my toddler, um, who's he's really not a toddler anymore. He's kind of a little miniature kid, right? Uh, I respond to him differently, training him in the way he should go, than I train my uh, daughters, who are right now is the recording of this. They're 16 and 14. They're at a whole different stage, you know, and at some point in life, you know, those daughters are going to really, even though I'll still be their father, Christy will still be their mother, we'll still be the parents, like we're going to be responding to them more like their peers, 
uh, right? Still parents, but as, as they start having families of their own, you know, and we're still training them in the way they should go and still empowering them in that, like that changes, okay? The why has got to change. And, and really, some people listening here right now, maybe maybe you, have a strained relationship with the parent because the parent is still trying to act like the parent of when you were a kid or still trying to act like the parent of when you were in high school. And that just kind of illustrates the point that the how has to change even if the why never changes. Um, th- think about it like this. How, how does, you know, how, how does what you do or how you do things, the implementation strategy change if the why is for people that are working beneath you in an organization, whether it's somebody you're supervising at work or somebody that's uh, beneath you in a home-based business. Uh, how does that change when you have someone who out-surpasses you in giftedness and out-surpasses you in skill and knowledge? What happens when they surpass you? Well, if your why is to tool them and is to resource them, and if their success always benefits you, goodness, like doesn't it make sense for that implementation to change and to maintain relevance. Uh, do you see, and we could keep chasing out, um, we could keep tracing this out, and we could come up with example after example after example of how some organizations or some people in certain places lose relevance because they're they're focusing on a how rather than focusing on a why. So some of you saw this in church world. In fact, some of you listening to this, I know are pastors and leaders from churches just by the nature of the podcast. And you've noticed that some churches tend to focus on how they do things. And they're very reticent to change the music or to change the dress code or to change when and where they meet because they've confused the how, they've confused the implementation, they've confused that with the what, and they've confused that with the why. They've confused that with the reason that they exist, with the value, with the drive of why they're there in the first place. And you just know that when a church or organization or even a person does that, that whatever it is they're doing right then is is going to be something that's short-lived, right? Because here, here's just kind of how I'd term it and just kind of maybe tidy up this uh, sub-point of the whole episode here is, is the implementation is not the inspiration. The implementation, the how you're doing things is not equated to the why, the reason, the drive, the value, the thing that keeps you motivated, okay? Your strategy is simply one of the ever-changing tools whereby you make the magic happen. And that, that really is it. Okay, now, uh, let me give you maybe a personal note here because this this thing is so easy to do with confusing it. I'll give you a personal example, and then maybe this will help you apply it to other, other things. Um, r- right now, lately, and for the last year, I've done a lot of writing about healing. I've done a lot about grace, redemption, and been teaching kind of focusing on those things. That That's my background. And that really is what I love to do, is, is really kind of land on those few things. I remember a few years ago at Advance 3, it was in Kansas City. I'd just flown in, and Varick, my friend who helps me lead those events with Les, he had picked me up from the airport, and I'm riding in a car along with him about 30 minutes from uh, the airport to the hotel conference center where we were having the event. 
And he just kind of asked me, he's like, man, what's going on? What you been working on? And I, and I told him at, at the time, Christy's business had been growing. I'd been involved with her for just over a year. It had been successful. We'd grown, goodness, maybe uh, 300%, 400% that one year. And I was starting to write some books and starting to do some of those sorts of things. And, and I loved it. But I told him, I said, you know, I'm I'm really thinking. Okay, And this was, this was maybe two, two and a half years ago. I said, I really think that I'm I'm stepping back from teaching some about business. I'm I'm, I'm going to keep that stuff there that's in print, and I'll I'll keep it relevant. And I'll you know as things change, I'll update it and make sure the edits are accurate and that sort of thing. As as certain things change in the market, but I really believe that that was just a thing I locked onto because I jumped in to help her with her business and the skill set that I had was writing and talking. And so I instantly started the what was the business. I instantly started getting into the how, which was the writing and talking. And that how became really the driving thing. And what I realized over time is I love doing it. And I learned a ton from doing it. I learned about online marketing from helping her with the business. I learned about publishing from helping her with the business. I learned about shooting videos, some of the things I do now from helping her with that business. I learned about even, get this, podcasting from that business. So it taught me a lot. But really, I realized I really needed to get to the driving thing for me, the why. The why was really to teach people about the Father's heart and to talk to them about the greatness that's inside of them and to make the gifts come alive in them and awaken them to how valuable they are and how incredibly, amazingly, lavishly they're loved and how the kingdom is present now and how healing and redemption and provision and everything that we need is accessible and is tangible here in the moment. That, those type things, those are, those are my why. And I had almost confused that. And maybe even for a season I did with uh, my why was not to write. My why was not to teach. My why was those specific topics. And that meant that looking back over my life, I've, I've taught these topics in churches. I've taught these in nonprofits. I've taught these um, from the stage at, at churches. I've taught these in classes and in small groups. I've taught these Online, I've taught these things at events. Um, the implementation may change, and the implementation may change in the future. It may go from video to audio to books to, to something that I don't even know what it would be, but something that doesn't even exist right now. But the why, the drive, is, is the deeper thing. The implementation, the application, is not the drive. The why, the why is, is the drive. And so as you go back to the ladder, as you visualize that ladder, first rung, let's talk back up at the first rung is the what. The second rung, let's go up again. The second rung is not the what, it's the how. We move from the heads to the hands. We move from the idea to the implementation of the idea. That's going to be unique and different for each of us. Our personality starts coming out. We move from there up to the third rung. The third rung of that ladder is not the what, it's not the how, it's the why. And when we get to the why, we get to the heart. 
we get to the inspiration. We get to the thing that's not anti-logic. It's just so much more than logic because I believe this. Remember I told you in the first episode where I was talking about the what, that the dreams that you have have been placed inside of you by God. And the dreams that you have, like they're loaded with revelation. They're loaded with insight. They're loaded with, with I would say, the presence of the kingdom inside of you. They are your gift. They are your gift. They are the mark that you make on this world. All right? So with that, I'm signing off. And with that, I leave you with, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May He cause His face of favor to shine boldly, brilliantly on you. May you see, sense, and feel what you are destined to do. May you know, and may you have the wisdom of heaven to know how to implement it. May you, though, realize that the deepest, richest part is from the inner core. It is revelation that goes deep inside of you. And may you know that Jesus said, my sheep know me and they hear my voice. And may you hear that voice and may you know what drives you. Grace, peace, shalom. I'll see you again soon.